life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Casually Profound series, where conversations create deeper connections with others and yourself, where every interaction is an opportunity to laugh, think, and feel fully, where magical moments happen spontaneously and abundantly. This series has discussions that transcend the surface level of what people do or who they are in the outer world. It aims to normalize thinking. I hope for all those engaged in this discussion, including myself, the guest, and especially you, the active listener, we stop and ponder on the ultimate question, who am I really? All while enjoying every second of it, of course. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Size Eyes and the Casually Profound series. I'm here with Keith Johns. Um, we met actually um, pretty recently through a mutual friend of ours named Lauren Widrick. Ended up taking a coaching program with Lauren uh, for the last few months uh, with launching my business. And uh, in one of the previous podcasts um, with Danielle Jefferson, she actually introduced um, me to you as well. Yeah. Um, so we, we got a, I've been in, introduced into this Charlotte entrepreneurship, solopreneur type of community. So I've nice. um, been introduced to you that way. So grateful to, um, to be here with you and yeah. um, to get to know you and your background and your perspectives, ideas and, and go from there. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. It's funny. Um, funny you throw those names out there and my palms actually start sweating a little bit because people mean so much to me yeah and we're so formative in where I am today so it's cool that our paths crossed I know yeah um, yeah it's awesome yeah so I just wanted to start off with a couple of um, one or two things that I'm grateful for just kind of okay. put us in that mindset um, I'm really <clears throat> I'd say I mean what's topical right now since I just came back from home from Kansas City I'm really grateful for for family family and friends who spelled able to spend some time there. I was talking to you before started recording here, but you know, haven't been able to spend my birthday or extended period of time with family for a long time. You know, went last time I went back home was December, January holiday time frame. Yeah. And so being able to spend time with them um, and really cherish those moments um, and think about, you know, have those memories of flash, you know, those memories of, you know, what I've had with my family and friends in Kansas City and elsewhere, but then also making those new memories when mm. I'm there. Yeah. And then, you know, who knows you know, how many more I can hopefully be able to create with them, but, yeah. you, know, hopefully, you know, grateful for the past, grateful for the present with them, and then grateful for the future as well. Mm. I love it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, you, you mentioned Lauren, and I, I talk a lot on LinkedIn pretty regularly, I think, my, my previous coaches. Uh -huh. um, and the reason I thank Lauren, the reason I thank Lydia, the reason I thank Fareed, um, and, and Danielle Jefferson, who was a coach in her own in her own way, mm -hmm. is for the growth that I've experienced. And so when you said, what are you thankful for? I was sitting on my front porch this morning, a Monday, capital M Monday, yeah. in the sun, and my two things to do today are to talk to you and to go to my guitar lesson. Uh-huh. I mean that's that's it and it's a there's a yin and yang to it there's the I'm blessed but there's also I did the work mm. right um, I earned it but I know 
also I had a lot of help. And so I forced myself to be in the now today on the porch. I think a lot of people overlook that and say, maybe I haven't arrived, but I'm certainly here. Right. And here's a pretty good place. And hey, goofball, enjoy it. Yeah. Right? So I sat on the porch today. I did nothing but soaked up some sun and smiled. And that's what I'm grateful for, that I did what I needed to do to slow my life down so I could live day by day. Yeah, perfect. Oh, my God. I love that. I'm, there's a lot of already things you've already mentioned that I yeah. want to dig into. But yeah, yeah. I guess before we get there, um, what I like to do is kind of have a quick little... Um, experience, visualization, meditation, whatever you want to call it, okay. um, to help us put us into that mindset. <clears throat> we can close our eyes and deepen our breath, sinking into our bodies, sinking into the chairs. and feeling our breath relaxing all the joints in our bodies being at ease every part of our body from the tips of our toes to the top of our head being absolutely relaxed and at ease deep breath in and out and in that calm space thinking about the amazing connection that we're about to have the ideas the stories that we're going to share the questions and answers that'll dig deep within us and at the end make us truly say and feel that this was an amazing insightful casual yet profound conversation that we just had just soaking that feeling for a quick second Whenever you're ready, Keith, you can open your eyes. We'll get back to uh, mm. this amazing bookstore. <laughs> I was someplace else there. For <laughs> awesome. Yeah, just, just love getting in that mindset. That's there. cool. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't done a guided meditation in a, in a while. Okay. I forgot how much I enjoyed that a voice like that guiding me. Um, so I'll have to start mixing it up a bit. I usually just do breathing exercises and oh, nice. okay. focus on an absence of thought, but that was good. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love mixing those in as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first question I wanted to ask you, Keith, is um, you, know, you can take this the deep route, you can take this, you know, whatever route you want, um, but first question I want to ask is, who do others think Keith Johns is? It, it's bizarre that you ask that question. <laughs> I was talking to, I have an amazing therapist um, up here in Salisbury, North Carolina, and, and an amazing coach. She's based out of Germany, and they, they help me in very sort of, it clicks together, right? And both of them last week, I said, I have a really hard time 
seeing myself as others, I believe, see me. And it, it's complicated because I was not the most mature adult for most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, when I went through abuse when I was younger um, and of an emotional nature, and that tends to stunt your growth, right? They call it arrested development. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lot of really bad coping skills um, and arrogance and grandiosity, very uh -huh. pompous. Right. Um, was one of them, among other things I did to make myself feel better, right? To pump myself up. Yeah. And so through my journey, through recovery and everything else I've done in my life to get where I am today, now it's difficult to feel proud um, because I had to learn to not feel that way. Mm. It's difficult to accept the seat I'm in, which is one where my clients and people who reach out to me, they want to do what I've done. Um, and so I'm fighting with this right now. I, I don't think humble is a problem. I think I've got that down, but now I think I need to stretch myself to realize that I'm an example for others, mm -hmm. um, that they see me in a certain way. It's funny, I, uh, when I quit my job, I was the last person to believe this thing would work. Right, so I was uh -huh. a COO at a tech company, all my coworkers, just rolling their eyes, you're gonna kill it. It was like a fait accompli as far as they're concerned. I was uh -huh. scared out of my mind, right? Yeah. But through every, every little growth spurt, the people around me have said, of course this is working out for you. Yeah. And it's like I'm the last one to see it, but I think I need to start seeing it a little bit more so that I understand how people perceive me. Mm. Um, I think I've always felt like a good listener and sort of a gentle a gentle voice and a gentle ear. I think that's what drew me to coaching. Uh -huh. um, but being a thought leader, being someone who gets invited on podcasts, yeah. being someone who I think is probably destined for a book and maybe some time on stage, which is yeah. what everyone around me is to, oh, you've got a bestseller in you. Oh, you're going to be a multimillionaire. Oh, you're going to be on stages worldwide. That's what people tell me. Right. But do I believe it yet or not? Not necessarily. Mm. So I'm, I'm working on a little more pride. And I think that's of service to others. I have to recognize that they mm. see me as something interesting and something right. inspirational. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because I used to seek that kind of attention and now I don't. Right. But I kind of need to. Right. It's almost like, the, I guess, your innate feelings or beliefs or how you want to phrase it were initially on that side and then kind of shifted more over to like the humble or like well, let's just you know let's do my work and whatnot yeah but then it's you're starting to maybe over right over corrected overcompensated yeah, yeah it's like because so. in order to have the impact i want to reach the people that i want i can't really be shy about what i think is possible right 100 percent. i guess what uh um i guess right right now what things do you do to help help you with that journey in terms of providing value for others to get you into that mindset of like, hey, I do need, like these people and everyone around me is telling me I have this potential in me, mm. right? How do I, like what things have, um, are you mindset wise or actionable wise, like yeah. trying to get you more into that mindset? Yeah, so two years ago was the first time when a coach really introduced me to the abundance mindset and to the power of processing your thoughts differently okay. and setting a vision. 
It was really cool. This coach, his name was Fareed. And he had me, he was helping me build my corporate exit plan. Okay. And he said, pick a date, and I want you to paint a, paint a picture. I want it to be like a movie scene um, of you celebrating your exit. Yeah. And I was like, you're crazy. But I picked like February 13th. This would have been two years ago. And I, I picked the restaurant. In fact, it's the restaurant you and I were talking about a minute ago. It was, oh. I'm at Hello oh. Sailor on Lake Norman. I'm eating oysters. The sun is setting. My wife is there. And I've got a goofy grin on my face. And I'm celebrating that I've turned in my resignation. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm pretty good at just sort of trusting the process when someone I respect says, do this this way. Shut your mouth, right? Yeah. And just let it work. <laughs> right. And I'll be damned if I wasn't sitting, I had to go to a different restaurant, but sitting at a restaurant, eating oysters next to my wife with a goofy grin on my face. Wow. And she said, what? And I handed her the movie scene that I had written. Yeah. And I had done it four weeks early. Wow. Yeah, wow. Right? (laughs) Like to go from the sun, you know, with much respect of a truck driver and a cleaning lady, we're a perfectly fine middle class check to check life. Yeah. But we didn't have big aspirations. And now I was able to set a vision and achieve it. That's really powerful stuff. Yeah. You know, you take the ceiling off of what your life could be like. Mm-hmm. And I read an amazing book um, by Michael Singer called The Surrender Experiment. Okay. And it, it really blows out that whole, you know, having a vision, but also letting the universe put stepping stones in front of you. Yeah. And the universe is going to not just give you what you want, it's going to guide you on a dutiful path which mm-hmm. I think is cool yeah that's different than you know I want to be rich I'm gonna manifest the Kardashian life it's like right. no I want this amazing life and I'm gonna do it by fulfilling my duty to serve others yeah is way more wholesome so the more I step into uh, the law of attraction into mindset yeah. and meditation studying that in depth and sharing it with others and then setting a massive vision, that's what keeps pulling me along my path. That's right. what's gotten me where I am so far, and I think it's got big things in store for me yeah. over the next couple of years. What's been exciting is bringing other family members who also had limited mindsets mm. along for the ride. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are cycles in families yeah. that are perpetuating, right? Mm-hmm whether it be of abuse, which was in my family, or of limited wealth mindset, those things are passed on yeah. generationally. And I was talking to my therapist and I said, I'm a cycle breaker. I want to teach my family different ways of thinking about what a father figure is, what a mother figure is, how children are treated, yeah. and how you're taught to relate to what your life can be and what money can be in your life. Yeah. And I can already feel the humans around me changing. And it's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think it's, <clears throat> I think similar time frame, maybe a little bit after um, time frame that you were saying, but I, 2020, um, I did a, a couple of workshops as well. So it was like, you know, all virtual, um, you know, during the pandemic. And it was, um, it was it was about um, it's a Sanskrit term. Uh, we will, I did two workshops. One was uh, a Sanskrit phrase that basically means like um, what you are or what you think you are. Okay. Right. Um, 
and then the other one was about like a money mindset, an abundance mindset. Yeah. So like I did that almost back to back. Um, and like since then, since that was like summer of 2020. And since then, it's like started getting into more content creation, um, yeah. being more aligned with, you know, my time, energy management, yeah. um, being more intentional at work, um, mm. and then obviously now later sta- later stages in terms of from from that perspective, more recent stages now, you know, starting the business, you know, starting to connect with more humans outside of my initial circles, right? Yeah, I think it's it's crazy to see the effect almost immediately. Yes. And to your point, it's like. Yeah. We have this date on the calendar of like who we think we can be at this point. Yeah. But if we, I think the the paradox is if we actually just set the vision, it'll happen and, and don't think about the date. Right. It'll, actually, it'll happen quicker than the date. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's there. I love the word paradox. So my coach, Lydia Wilmson, so many things that we're taught are sort of default lessons need to be given what I call a 180 and and literally looked at totally the opposite way and she brings up paradoxes all the time so the funny thing is you need to set a very specific highly detailed vision you can't just wish for money or wish for a new car the universe or God or whatever higher power you answer to is gonna tell you I don't have enough information to deliver you what you want so you get very specific, and I would love to tell you I had I had an explosion in my vision a month ago, and I can't believe where it has landed. Yeah. I got a big inspiration, and I'm being very detailed about it. But then you have to do what you said. You actually have to let go. Most people would think build a project plan, build a budget, be very like direct mm. and um, linear about it. Yeah. You certainly can do it that way. But there's a whole other way where you totally detach from the timeline and from the steps and let the universe just kind of intuit you along. It'll yeah. whisper in your ear when you need to reach out to Lauren Widrick or when yeah. you need to reach out to Danielle Jefferson. And you follow those intuitive, those intuitive moments and you will take the path of least resistance yeah. to that vision and it might be better and it might happen sooner than you think. What matters most is the journey on the way is way more pleasant than when you're trying to force the world yeah. into the shape and the form that yeah. is your vision. 100%. Yeah. And I think one point there about like paradoxes is, is I think this goes into a larger topic that I've been thinking about for a while of it's only a paradox, I think, when we're thinking about it in, in a linear mindset, yeah. right? So if, you, if we think about it, like most of the world that we see, our frameworks in our mind, our mental frameworks are linear, right. 1D or maximum 2D, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, from a political standpoint, it's a political spectrum, right, right left to right. That's, that's one dimensional. And then, you know, if, if you want to add the quadrant, you know, left to right, up and down, you know, that's still a two-dimensional two thing. But, and so like, you know, the, the far left is very, you know, you would think on the spectrum very different from the far right, but then when you actually kind of put it together, yeah. there's there may be potentially closer yeah. than the far left is to the middle, the far right is to the center. Sure. Right. And so that means maybe maybe the framework is incorrect of our world. Yeah. Right. So in that context, it is a paradox. Right. But I think I'm challenging myself more to think about these things of like when things seem are seemingly contradictory mm. and paradoxical. Is the framework wrong? Let's shift it into, let's say, a circular or a spherical framework. Right. Right. So then it actually connects. Yeah. Right. So then that that point, yeah. 
that there's no paradox there. Like something that it. seems opposite is actually right. the same thing. It's just two different ways of looking at it. With that, so I, I took my family to the to the beach two yeah. years in a row, which again is not something the Johns has ever did, right? Yeah. And it was a big step for me. And so this second year was extra pleasant because we had done it for this. This was our second time doing it. So we kind of knew what we were doing. We could relax and enjoy it. And my daughter, we were staying till Friday. Um, my daughter walks up to me on Wednesday and says, we only have one more day left. I'm sad. And I said, how about this? We have a whole another yeah. day left. Isn't that exciting? And she looked at me. And she kind of nodded and walked <laughs> away. Now she's 14, so these seeds might not blossom until she's in her 20s right. or whatever. But the fact that I've been able to rewire myself and create those little circuit breakers that say, look at this thing entirely differently, and it's healthier and easier, and it's a choice. It's yeah. a choice. We have choices. The, the world is one big illusion. Quite frankly, our right. eyes, our ears, they're doing their best. Right. <laughs> and for the most part, our brain's kind of making it up and stitching it together. That's yeah. why the vision is so powerful. Because your brain doesn't really know the difference between you picturing your future right. and what's actually happening. So why not take advantage of the way your mind and brain works mm. to change your life? Right. you got to think differently. Yeah. I guess in that thinking differently process and that perspective change, what things... Um, I know you mentioned uh, one of your coaches that you've had before um, and whatnot. Uh, what are the other things or maybe deeper in that experience that you've had that have helped shift that experience? Maybe if, if you've thought previously of in that context of, you know, we have a day left. It's like, oh, man, we only have a day left right. versus now we have a full 24 hours left, right? Yeah. What kind of shifted that mindset? What is that process like? So I think this is maybe tangential, but I think it's an important story. So it all starts with thoughts right and the problem is we don't question our thinking we either trust our brain which is just an organ kidney liver brain I mean let's be honest right or we trust our mind which quite frankly is just a tool there is a higher self version of you that most people don't acknowledge we believe our brain or we believe what our mind tells us about what our brain is saying yeah and we just go about life and we wonder why things don't get any better yeah so I raised, I raised my hand. Uh, something crazy was always happening in my life. I was scared of my last boss. Okay. And it didn't make any sense. Nice guy. We truly cared about each other. But I had problems with male authority figures mm. due to my upbringing, right? Mm. So I got along really well with female bosses. Yeah. And I was scared of male bosses. And I just got sick and tired of it. Right. And so I, I found a therapist who was a block away from where I worked. Angela, she turned out to be amazing. I said, I'm tired of being scared of my boss. It yeah. makes no sense. I would look at my phone at five o'clock at night, see it was him calling me on my drive home from work, and I would have a panic attack. Mm. And it would be, hey, and it would be something totally like not you're fired or you're right, in trouble, yeah. right? It was just way out of bounds. So she taught me the cognitive behavioral therapy process, mm. the understanding that it goes from thought um, to uh, you get triggered and then you have a thought and then you have an emotion and then you have a physical sensation yeah and we want to not feel uncomfortable so then we cope drugs alcohol facebook whatever right we can do to not feel uncomfortable because our our bodies hate yeah. that feeling right and so learning to start using the observer mindset mm. and watching my thoughts and picking which ones i wanted to use and which ones i wanted to dismiss 
it radically changed my life the minute I realized my thoughts weren't me and the biggest transformations I create as a coach are when I teach that now obviously coaches can't I can't solve your mental health problem don't come to right. me if you're depressed or anxious right but if your thoughts aren't serving you that CBT approach is really powerful and I call it um, pebbles move boulders so we'll focus like on one thing you don't like right. like I'm scared of my boss. Yeah. And what happens is you you work on rewiring that yeah. day after day after day. A little a little exercise, a little exercise, a little exercise. And then one day I looked down and I saw his name on my phone and I didn't feel a thing. That's huge. Huge. That's real freedom, right? Is freedom from our minds and freedom from our old frameworks. And once you get a taste of that, and this goes back to the gratitude, the growth gratitude, mm-hmm. once you get a taste of that, if you're willing to continue on the path and add new add new, new techniques, add new mindsets, and apply that to all sorts of areas of life, your world literally changes. Yeah, 100%. Everyone's in their own reality. Yeah. The, the, the analogy or metaphor, whatever that I say is, imagine everyone's got a fishbowl over their head. Right? right, and we say this. We say, "Oh, my neighbor, he lives in his own world. My <laughs> sister, she lives in her own world." Because we do. And if there are seven and a half billion people on the planet, each living their own reality, that must mean your reality is malleable too. Right. Why not take advantage of that? I had a client out of New York. I absolutely loved him. His name was David, and he didn't come to me necessarily for a new job or to start a business. He just said, Keith, everything in my life is perfect and I'm miserable. <clears throat> I don't know what's wrong. I have an amazing wife, amazing kids, amazing house in an amazing city, and I got a job that's fine. Right. Most people would say, get you a new job, everything will be fixed. And I don't do that. I say, let's dig deeper. Yeah. Four months later, he said, I don't know what you did to me. Nothing changed. Same everything. He said, I'm happy every single day makes no sense until you think the way you and I are talking about yeah. thinking which is it was all about how he was perceiving filtering and processing his world yeah and I heard from him you know a couple months ago he's like still happy right <laughs> hadn't changed anything still happy we just yeah. worked on his brain yeah it's I, I think the yes yeah, so I, I read one of my favorite books of all time read it's called the diamond cutter um, and it's one of the key things like what, what the author mentions in there it's a good uh, balance of like the eastern and western kind of mm-hmm. philosophies because he's he's an american like he works in like the diamond business um but then he's also like a geshe which is like phd equivalent basically of, okay. of a monk okay and so you know he's kind of yeah. mastered both worlds there yeah. um and so one of the things he mentions about is uh it's called imprints and it's basically it says a seed that you planted. So similar to like these pebbles and boulder analogy. Yeah. yeah. It's like these very small things. And one of the one of the laws he says, um, it's taken from from scriptures that that were written by the Buddha. Okay. Um, and you know, like these one of the laws he says, it's anything that you know, if there's an imprint now, it will like that's a cause there will be an effect later yeah and then that effect will then be a cause for another effect later i love it and then it actually just increases in magnitude each time as well okay all right so then yeah you know i think there's like one or two other laws to it but it's mm. um, but then you get to see it's basically you know a seed planted right right it's like it's gonna keep growing whether you yes. you know like and it depends what you uh, like uh, you know, you're going to keep watering it, right? You're going to keep right. watering it, the soil, right. sunlight, all that stuff. Right. But then, 
you know, it's, you know, what plant are you seeding? Right, whether it's what you want or yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. really matter what it's, uh, like, yeah, are we intentional about, like, oh, is, it a, is it an apple tree? Is it, like, right. you know, a, a tomato plant or whatever it yeah. is, right? Or it's like a, a poison people, ivy. Is it a weed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, part of the magic of giving yourself to this approach to life is, and one of my coaches taught me, that bridging period. And you would call it maybe the, the fertilizing and right. watering period where it seems like nothing is happening. And I find myself saying now every day, it's already happening. Yeah. And that's really empowering because, you know, if you get really into the, the quantum mechanics of the world, you know, time is, is not really a thing and everything is now and what have you. Yeah. Um, but trusting that the work you're doing now, if you're doing it this way, it's working. It might mm. be next week or next month or next year where something cool blossoms. But don't quit before the magic happens. Yeah. Keep showing up. Keep detaching from the outcome. I have yet to meet a person who thinks or acts like this that they don't achieve success. What's really cool is once you, once you really start to study this and then you go read interviews of some highly successful people, these are the secrets. Yeah. They might be written a little differently or communicated a little differently, but... I was on YouTube, which I don't do, but I was on getting ready for a networking event and a Jim Carrey video popped up uh -huh. and he had written himself a check for $10 million to himself in the future, mm. like five years out for acting services rendered. And I might get the details a little wrong, but within days of the date of that check, he got hired for a $10 million acting gig. Nuts. Right? <laughs> and then you, 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 you know, read or listen to like Lewis Howe's interviews or yeah. whoever. And it's like, Oh, this is the stuff they don't teach you in school that all these people, maybe they were born naturally. Natural right. entrepreneur, natural expansive thinker, naturally thinking anything's possible. Right. Most of us aren't born that way. We have to learn it. Yeah. And I think that's, and that's really, and I think it's cool when, when it is, when we take it as more of that growth mindset instead of like a fixed mindset. Yeah. Because when we think like, oh, that person was born with that natural ability yeah. that may be true to an extent right right but then i don't i think it's possible to to grow into that whatever that sure you know is right yeah i'm, I'm never going to be an nba player right i was never going to be i'm not big enough but i can have an amazing life that is uniquely mine yeah just like michael jordan just like tiger without being yeah. them i get to have my amazing life right and that's really empowering um we tend to think that if someone else has then we can't have it's probably one of the most poisonous mindsets out yeah. there is um, I can't start my business because there's too much competition. I can't have money because my neighbors have money. They have money. I don't. Yeah. Listen to how self-fulfilling all that becomes. Oh, yeah. It's just not, and it's just not true unless it's what you believe. Right. Whatever you believe is totally true. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, there's a quote out there that whether you think um, it, it, or what, I'm gonna get it wrong. You probably already know what I'm gonna say. It's like if you know, you can do it. Right. You're right. If you know. If right. You th if you think you can't, you're right. That's right. If you right. think you can or you think you can't, you're, you're right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's totally true. And then what happens is they say, "I think I can. I think I can." It doesn't happen soon enough, and they give up. Yeah. And for me, and maybe you can relate to this. 
there's again that bridging period of me studying these approaches and trying to take them in and me trying to behave and act and think according to these teachings yeah which by the way are religious and non-religious and spiritual and scientific right this yeah. isn't about religion this is about being a human on planet earth and what that consciousness is like people give up before where i feel like i've arrived which is it's kind of in my marrow at this point like my faith and certainty in this being the way the world can work yeah and that i'm following my path it takes time for you to believe believe yeah and I think you just need to be patient. You need to keep yeah. doing the work this way. And I think most people, they expect immediate results. Mm. I had, yeah. um, talking to, talking to my therapist and, uh -huh. and I, I said, this is hard. This is hard. I was tired of crying. You know, I would cry yeah. every Thursday to her, crying, 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 getting this junk out. And she said, Keith, you're rewiring 40 plus years of thinking and habits. Be patient. Give yourself grace. Right. And then the magic happens. Yeah. I guess what is that, <clears throat> um, like specifically, are there any words that you've you had used in the past or you've seen others use or continue to use um, that put someone, puts someone in those negative spirals or those negative self-fulfilling prophecies um, that you've kind of shifted your mindset and attitude and word patterns around and potentially seen the... Yeah. Results a, for a big one I'm focusing on now. There's a book called um, "A Happy Pocket Full of Money," and it it's landing in my marrow. It's really cool. Yeah. And in that book, he talks about I can't remember the author's name off the top of my head. He talks about saying "I am," as opposed to even you especially don't want to say "I should," or "I ought," or "I need," because that is that you're sending your brain a signal that we're not going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can say "I'm going to." Or I will, right? And that's better. Mm -hmm. But this book talks about saying I am, and I can feel the difference when I, when I, I kind of laugh. And I, I get to tell you about this crazy vision thing too. Yeah. You know, I mumble under my breath. I'm a multimillionaire, and it's absurd because I am not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a multimillionaire. It's already working. It's already happening. And it doesn't matter when the proof arrives. I can feel the ease and relief and comfort of being that way yeah. before it actually shows up. And so I'm sitting, again, influencing other humans who don't need, you can't coach them, right? So yeah. you can only, for your family, set an example that they might learn from. Yeah. I'm sitting on the floor at my mom's house um, between my mom and um, between my mom and uh, my wife and who, who aren't into this, right? They're not my, they just said it's fine. Most people aren't, honestly. Right, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I'm gonna be a multimillionaire. I said, mom, I'm gonna be a multimillionaire. I am a multimillionaire. And she's like, yeah, great. And I said, no, 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 no. And this, this lightning bolt hit me. I was like, I wanna buy a big piece of property. I'd never ever wanted to buy a big piece of property before. <laughs> I want to build a house for you and a house for us. Yeah. Mom's house, her family, Keith's house, his family. I want to have chickens. I am so not a farmer, right? Yeah. I, 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 although I live in the country now, I, I prefer cities. Yeah. Um, we're gonna need side by sides to get around, you know, four wheelers. 
uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna we're gonna do whatever we want on that land. Yeah. And my mom looked at me and she said, "I'll be looking down from heaven, and I'll be smiling when you have that." And without my palms sweating or my heartbeat rising or any anything other than calm happening, I said, "I think it's gonna happen really fast." And she looked at me. And you can see the wheels turning. And my wife's listening too. And my mom goes, can I have a garden? <laughs> How beautiful is that? Yeah. From doubt to disbelief to it's going to take too long to can I have a garden? And then my wife goes, ooh, I want a garden. Yeah. And so now we each have a vision book. We've gone online and we're printing out pictures. Yeah. And we're saying, I am. Right, yeah. I I am as opposed to I will, and I think that is probably the strongest statement you can make, the strongest phrase, because again, time is it doesn't really exist, right? This thing could happen overnight, right? Why not accept that as a possibility? Yeah. So I am has been my big set, my two words lately. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yes, yeah, so it's like the, you know, like. If you think about it, that's really a, a limiting ceiling that we're just putting on ourselves. Yeah. Right. Um, well, if you think there's a deadline, if you think it's going to take too long, um, you're in a lack mindset, and that's where my mom was. Right. She's sixty some years old, and and she's not going to be here till she's one hundred and sixty. So she was already worried about missing out on it. And why place that rule on us? Right. Yeah. I would love to like a year from now be on your podcast and go. Guess what? <laughs> I own got a freaking farm yeah. and there's a garden and we're building houses. Like who knows? Who knows? Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, something I like to do is, uh, I think you mentioned this off air, but about like taking that time for for rest recovery mm. um, on the macro scale. But I also like to do it on the micro scale here. Okay. Um, so we're just gonna take you know what. Most people don't do in conversations. So just take a quick 30-second, one-minute break. Okay. Just kind of chill, you know, relax, check our phones, or just look outside or whatever. All right. And just kind of take a break. And then after that break, um, you know, I really like um, the value that questions can provide. Mm. Um, and so at the end of the break, um, I'll ask you to ask me a question. Okay. Um, and then we'll keep the conversation going from there. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a beautiful day to just look it, outside. It is. <laughs> Anything pop into your your head of any questions you wanted to ask me? It's funny. I'm I'm always curious. You know what's going through the the hosts' mm. mind, and they don't ever ask for you to ask them questions. So, 
Do you have a really strong personal vision? If so, what does it look like? Uh, great question. Um, yes. Um, and it's, I think it's being crystallized every day. Yeah. And being shifted around every day. Yeah. Um, but I would say the most, if you think about it, short term to long term, I'm, I think one of the, what I really resonate with, like when you say I am, right, one of the things that I, there's a lot of things I could describe myself as, as can anyone. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think one thing that really resonated with myself when I say I am is I am a systems creator. Okay. I am a systems implementer. And, and one piece of that from you know, this vision that I have for myself is you know, creating a system. You know, so I, I call it the life operating system. Okay. And it's not a term that I've created, but I guess I've, I brought it into my vocabulary. Yeah. And so you know, it's, it's like building a system for someone's life, for my life, mm -hmm. right? And it's very tailored, customized to how I want to live my life, what are my visions, yeah. my goals, what things help, can help me achieve those things. And then, you know, that's, and then my business, right, that I'm building right now and creating and getting clients for, that is step one of like my vision. Yeah. All right, so it's like, think about it like concentric circle wise, it's, you know, the self first, right? It's like the life, you know, one person on a scale of one person, yeah. that building a system for one person. Yeah. Then if you go outside that, a vision that encompasses um, something that I've gained more experience now, which is in the business context of working with uh, with T Laundry Laundry Lab, yeah, and building an organizational system, an organizational operating system, yeah, right. So I think that is my next level of vision okay. of how to change businesses, yeah, right. And then from there, I have a lot of other passions that I want to get into of like education, reforming relearning, you know, how we, you know, you said earlier, it's like, these are the things that we're not taught in school, but probably should be at some point, right? right? Yeah. And so, like, how do we bring these things that are the actual realities of the world into mm. things that, you know, would be helpful, valuable for people to know at an earlier age, Yeah. right? So, I think education is going to be a big piece of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think government, mm. I, I really don't like the word politics. Um, that's a word that I try not to use as yeah. well, but it's... I think govern, governance, government, yeah. is how we govern society in, in a sense, right? Right. And so I think reshifting government is another thing that I've thought about, not sparingly, but you know, here and there. Yeah. Right. So I think from a vision standpoint, to answer your question, it's yeah. like, you know, first the self, then an organization, then education, then government, and then who knows from there, like communities and know, city planning and stuff like that. So yeah. a lot of different things that are on my horizon that I feel like I will do at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like I'm probably going to do this maybe sooner than I think, maybe yeah. later than I think, who knows? Yeah. Um, but those are all, you know, clouds of visions. Right. And then I think as I continue building what I'm building right now, yeah. those clouds will become more, uh, more solid. Yeah. And uh, absolutely, well. yeah, no, it doesn't I'll have to be set that. in stone, right? Yeah, you get to you get to grow into and mature into the vision, shifting a little, clarifying a little. Um, I'm especially interested in you wanting to impact how businesses operate because I think 
I mean, granted, government's a challenge. There's no question. The education yeah. system, especially here in America, yeah. a challenge. But business is what I have experience in. And, of course, I, I help people for whom businesses aren't working. Yeah. Right? Being an employee isn't working. And I take a really strong stand on LinkedIn, but it's because I'm looking to attract people yeah. who really are kind of tired of it. Yeah. It doesn't mean I think all business is bad, but I think business at scale, it becomes really challenging mm -hmm. to keep the human element, um, to take care of people. And I just have had too many clients. I had one client who was in the hospital, right? Because of the stress of their job. It's just, and no one, it's a massive company. No one cared. Yeah. I mean, their boss was under the same stress. The rest of their team members were under the same stress. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, it was so brutally yeah. bad. So I guess if you could, if you could fix or improve the way businesses are run, what would that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think one thing is making, I think understanding that the bottom line is actually not the bottom line. Yeah. At least what we think of as the financial bottom line. Yeah. Is one aspect of impact, but it's not the only way to impact. And I think the main way to, one of the main ways and probably first priority for impact is people, right? I mean, essentially, an organization, a company, is trying to help someone. Someone's with their, help right. someone with their problems, whatever yeah. those issues are. And so, I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah. I think it's easier to connect when we, when it is like a solopreneur, or small business, when there is. Yeah. fewer links between what the work you're doing and the end customer yes. is. So yes. I think it's easier to see that impact. Yeah. But let's say you work at a larger company. It's like, all right, I'm a developer for this large company that is working with B2B who helps this customer, who helps yeah. this customer. It's like, all right, what's the real impact? In yeah. the end, you are impacting that person, but that right. it's, it's, it's a longer link, yeah. right? But I think understanding that whatever work we are doing is still helping someone at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's one of the one of the big things to really live by our values, live by the organizational values um, as a, not something to strive for, but as something that is a bar that we won't go below. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I can't take credit for that. I got it from August Bradley. That's good. Um, but you know, it's like, <clears throat> these are, I, and for and this is like vision that you meant, the SIFE operating system that I mentioned, yeah. you know, it's, you know, I, I mentioned, I say, those aren't just core values, those are unconditional values. Ooh, yeah. So those are, no matter what the condition, I'm right. always gonna be living by them. Yes. It's not something, man, I have to be honest today. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I, damn, I gotta be, I gotta have integrity when I right. talk with this person. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like, I'm just, I am, I am integrity, I am honest. I'm so glad you brought up values because I'm going through something right now similar to the, to the lightning bolt of, I think I wanna buy 10 acres again. <laughs> Who's saying that? I had a, an inspiration that I think I might be ready for employee number one. Mm. And it's funny, you know, you're always looking at other entrepreneurs and seeing where they are and you think you should be there. But what I've learned is to be patient with myself that I'll be ready for the next thing when I'm ready for the next thing. Yeah. And I had this thought, I'm like, I think I know who it is and I think I'm, I think I'm ready for it. And I found myself immediately opening up a Google Doc and saying, mission and values and starting to take notes and I thought I get to design this the right way from day one because what's more frustrating than being at a, an established company and having an offsite to work on your values 
I got news for you. The values are baked in, and they were baked in a decade ago. Yeah. You're just, it's going to be really hard to shift what that company's all about. Yeah. And I reached out to the person, and I, and I just, I told them, I'm like, values. They're like, yep, got it. Like, be thinking of what the value, because that is what you can filter all your business decisions through. Yeah. How you treat people, how you handle, and your mission. What kind of impact are you looking to have? And if you actually live it, and it's not just a poster on a wall, which is what it ends up being in a lot right. of places, then you can have impact. Then you can all gain wealth, and you're not squishing human beings on the way. Hundred percent. Yeah, right? exactly. So I love that you brought up values. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I, and and I think the other aspect of it is, you know, other people have mentioned at my company as well. So, um, not letting out of anything out of the bag here, but it's like, I think we're like, I can only speak speak for the company that I'm working at right now, but I think, you know, we're probably only operating at 30 to 40% of our full potential. Yeah. Right. We're very reactive and, you know, in, in a startup mindset, everything is like, all right, let's get this to 50 to 80% of the way done, push it out the door. Yeah. You know, let's get this done, let's get this done, let's get this done, right? But then from the scalability standpoint, right, that's where things will start to hit the fan. Yeah. Right. But then, you know, like, one of the main reasons for building a system, let's say on an organizational level, is to unlock the 60 to 70% of the potential that people aren't using individually or yeah. collectively, yeah. which is probably even multiplied at that point, right? Yeah. And so enabling someone to think strategically, like have a schedule that they actually look forward to mm. during the day, yeah. they can have, how they want to spend their time and energy rather than it's like, all right, man, I got back to back to back meetings. For some people, that's energizing. For some people, that's... Right. But then when you're forcing everyone to operate according to one sort of schedule, mm -hmm. you know, that's when you're not able to unlock people's full potential, I think. And so yeah. I think that's one of the other aspects there. I guess one thing I wanted to ask is, staying along this business organization um, lines here, I think it's easy to... I definitely get how, like, all right, from an individual standpoint, it's easy to think about, you know, making decisions intuitively, right? Of like, mm -hmm. hey, let's let's set this vision. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we have this ideal, these milestones, let's say, yeah. that we want to get to, but yeah. not have the full like we don't need every action item for, right? But then, as you as we scale, <laughs> how how does that how? Well, one question I've always thought about: yeah. How do you, how do you scale intuition? Scale intuition. I love it. <laughs> it's funny because, so I don't have experience building larger businesses. I have experience helping run, mm. right? And I've built my little business, and I'm thinking about employee one, right? Yeah. And I, but I talk about intuition a lot as the quiet voice that always has the right answers, and someone I respect who's a serial entrepreneur. I think I commented on his LinkedIn post. And I said something about intuition, and his very respectful comment back was, that's great, but when the company gets big, you have to make decisions differently. And I'll be honest with you, so that is, it's a mystery to me. I don't even know how to answer your question. Mm. That is it possible to continue to operate a larger scale business with intuition, or is there some breaking point where now you've got to do risk analysis, and now it's all numbers, and now it's all traditional business modeling. I would like to think <laughs> that even at scale, you can use your intuition, but I think for that to be accurate, there would have to be either a shared consciousness, which <laughs> exists, but is hard to tap into, Yeah. or you've got one person who 
can grok the essence of the whole business and that mm. at a certain business size becomes that's inaccurate too right right then like how do you have so like let's say someone someone's very two people are very intuitive right, right? and then it's like one person's ceo one person's yeah let's say the marketing manager like hey. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so then and then if there's like yeah. competing competing intuitions yeah is, is that even a is that even a scenario or is that just like the the paradoxical quote-unquote paradoxical framework yeah. when they're actually the same thing we just need to shift our thinking about it yeah right so it's like it's just the question as we you know we have 20 employees right now full-time employees and we're going to be growing to 60 70 by the end of next year yeah and so it's like that's gonna be a big thing yeah i was like how do you set the division as a as a ceo yeah. with your intuition and with data but then how, how does that trickle down yeah is, is a is a big yeah, Thing, and right. as you add That's numbers, you're gonna make right? a bad hire, right? You're you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have some swings and misses. Um, not everyone is gonna dance to the tune, but you don't get your laptop if you don't have a big company, right? You don't get cars; they require lots of people. Yeah, and it gets unromantic at, at at really high numbers. I don't know. I would love for, to hear other answers to that question i'm fascinated yeah yeah i mean it's, it's gonna it's gonna be topical for yeah for both of us and yeah. many other people as well yeah. i guess what other uh um i guess you mentioned a few books on on this podcast what other types of you know specific or types or people that you listen to or read or watch yeah. that has helped you kind of become the person who you are today yeah the the, the biggest influence has been mindset books, um, manifestation books, and psychology books. Like really, I'll tell, my, I'll tell potential clients, here's the secret about entrepreneurship. It is the most amazing journey of self-discovery. Top three that you will go on. I think it's getting married because you have to live with another human. Yeah. I think it's having a child because you have to raise another human. Yeah. And I think it's starting a business because you are creating something from nothing that other humans place a value on and you're able to create your own living yeah. out of essentially nothing. And so for me, there's a million business books out there and they all are kind of the same thing, but the one that helped me, the ones that help me understand how my physiology works, how my brain works, how my mind works. How the universe works um, those are the most formative ones the the first one the one I always recommend that sort of 101 level is called super coach okay. by Michael Neal and people say do you have to be a coach no the thinking in there I literally took a bunch of the quotes out of his book and I printed them out on 8 by 10s and I put them on my walls when I was working to exit corporate uh-huh and those quotes are still there and I'll be damned if they didn't change my life like that yeah. one book and then got more sort of deeper um, in that topic as I went down the road so there's um, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle yeah um, and I love how he thinks um, there's breaking the habit of being yourself by Joe Dispenza which I found really powerful um, the uh, questions are the answer yeah um, I'm drawing a blank on his name um, is something I recommend okay. all of my clients read because I don't think we listen enough. I don't think we ask effective questions enough. I think our lives to a great degree are determined 
by the things we question, especially the assumptions we question. Yeah. So learning how to ask good questions is really important. Uh, there's a book by a Dr. Pritchard called You Squared. It's a really short little book. That one, that one's a real mind bender. That introduced me to the whole quantum manifesting uh, area. I'm, it's funny though. I've got a whole a whole load of books. I read about half of the book, and then I usually end up putting it down. Mm. Um, I don't usually consume the whole thing. I get an idea or two, and then I yeah. move on. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I've heard it um, from from Naval Ravikant, where he he views books more of as articles. Nice. Where he doesn't feel the need to. He, I think he mentioned because of his because of his mindset like he, he likes jumping from thing to thing all the time yeah but like where he can't read a full book and like you know yeah you know like that book being the only book that he reads for a week or whatever yeah right so he reads like it as a blog post or as an article or a chapter cool. as an article so then you so you don't feel as bad about right. like not finishing it yes or anything so it's like all right I got I got my idea that I wanted yeah. that I was looking for that needed inspiration right. for it's something. a fifteen or twenty dollar book. One good idea oh. that you actually implement yeah. is worth way more. That's see, there's plenty of information out there. That's part of the problem with our world is we get the same kind of buzz consuming the information, and we don't. The outcome doesn't change. Our lives don't change. But I read the book or I took the course. You didn't integrate it. You didn't implement it. If you can take one good idea and implement it, the book was worth it. I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I had to learn <laughs> that half finished books are just as good they're yeah. better than not read books at all right yeah um so yeah i love reading and and then integrating the ideas and my clients will say yeah i read that book i'm like what's the one thing you're going to do yeah oh i have to do something yeah otherwise it's it's a vanity metric because yes. I, I i think it goes both ways where it's like yes the, the potential for knowledge is there when someone has read more books or consumed more podcasts or whatever it is right right, right. But then I'd rather like list, read only one book ever and like implement everything or like many Without things question. from it that rather than like read this entire bookstore and then yes. not do anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, I read hundred books this year. Cool. Yeah. Right. But then it's like yeah. you know, you're I think you're able to see the difference even with like one thought pattern, one word change yeah. can have on like a person. Little changes, right? Pebbles move boulders. <laughs> and when you find a book that's effective. And then you go reread it. A lot of those books, you're like, oh, and then it sinks in even better. Like, mm. better to master a handful of books that really click with you, than to like be this all-consuming machine. Yeah, and I love podcasts, but people, I think they think it's like installing software, right? If I just listen to all the thought leader podcasts <laughs> out there, my life's going to change. Like, no, it just makes you good at talking about podcasts. The people who right. make podcasts are out there doing things. Yeah, being creators, creating something. So consume a little and then implement massively. Mm. Has that balance of, of consuming versus execution, has that kind of changed in your career, in your life? Yeah, a thousand percent. I, um, especially, I had a lot of coaches in my LinkedIn feed, yeah. and it was having a negative impact on me. It was crushing my growth mindset because they were so far ahead of me, and they were so polished, and they were so this. I didn't, I didn't disconnect from them, but I unfollowed all of them. So that my feed was empty of yeah. competitive voices because I didn't need I didn't need to put that junk into my head. It wasn't serving me. Right. And again, pebbles move boulders. When I did that, I realized, oh, I should put a filter on everything. See, old me, empty on the inside, struggling me. If someone said, oh, you need to listen to this podcast, I would have felt the need to subscribe and consume it 
so that way I looked appropriate in that person's eyes. Now when someone says, have you read this or do you hear that? Nope. And I'm not, I don't feel any shame or guilt that I don't consume that particular thing. Yeah. That's a big step for me, you know? Yeah, it is. Not feeling that guilt. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to do everything. Oh, freedom. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Right. And I think that's like um, the, the part of detachment as well, right? Yeah. It's like not, I think I heard a definition of detachment of like, it doesn't mean not owning things. Right, but it means the things that you own not owning you. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I, I think same with information. So yes. I know people out there that are will pride themselves in what they know, right? Yes. But then how much do they act on what they know? Yeah. Or it's like, you know, my dad knows everything philosophically. Let's say, or right. you know, so someone out there will it's like, no, like yes, I know about the abundance mindset. I know about manifestation. I know about. I know I have to do these meditations that can help me clear my thoughts and do all these things right for me but then you know the proof is in the actions right it, it's funny <laughs> every once in a while and in my past I've reached out to people who have just intrigued me online and there was a coach I reached out to once and they had they were polished and by the way I am not polished I still have a website right but I'm I'm building a business one conversation and one dollar at a time which yeah. turns out is the way it's done this person had their podcast and their logo and their everything. It was amazing. And I was, I was like, hey, what's working for you? Nothing. What do you mean? Like, that is all show. And I don't have any clients yet. And I was like, oh, my good Lord, are you kidding me? And that taught me a big lesson. Yeah. Right? That you can do all the work around the work. Mm. And we're often scared to do the work that really matters, the work that's a little uncomfortable, that's actually going to produce the next step in our new life yeah and so yeah I uh, I kind of lost the plot on that one but it was it was it's you gotta you've got to filter and you got to work on you like I just Mm. don't pay so much attention to what's going on around you pay attention to the growth you need to drive for you do what matters most do the uncomfortable things yeah Uh, how is the um, obviously you mentioned a few times in here of like doing the work and make sure you, you know, do the work, everything will happen naturally, right? Yeah. Um, what about on the flip side of that with um, like rest and recovery mm. as well, right? Yeah. Um, how do you, like what's your relationship with that? Um, how do you schedule that in, if at all? Um, yeah. And how does it, if that's one of your values or thought processes, how does that brought in? So I was five weeks out of corporate and my coach said, how are you spending your days? Now keep in mind, while I was in corporate, while I was side hustling, I was working from about four in the morning till five o'clock at night. Wow. Do my side hustle, do my corporate job, take it very seriously, and then a little side hustle at the end. Like I was I was grinding it out. And she said, You're five weeks out, what are your days like? And I said, I work from five in the morning to five at night. <laughs> and I sounded very foolish when I said that. She's like, So you've just traded your corporate job and now you work for yourself and you're setting the same rules. And I remember like on a random Monday, I went and got my hair cut and it felt like I was playing hooky, right? And even the, the stylist, she was like, oh, you got the day off? No, I work for myself. And, <laughs> and, and not being in front of your desk and thinking you're going to get paid to be busy, that wiring is really strong. Mm. It's really difficult. And busy, 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 push, push, push. And then you realize that worked when you were plugged into a big system that made money even if you didn't perform highly for a week or a month. Think about it, you've had a job where you were kind of crap for a whole week. The business didn't fall apart. But when it's a business of one, 
you got to take care of the moneymaker. So as with all things that I knew were good for me, but were uncomfortable, I just kept doing them until they got comfortable. You know, trusting that the seeds are growing. Yeah. One of my coaches said, you don't have to be selling every week. I didn't know that. I thought if I didn't have sales calls every week, I was going to go bankrupt. Mm. Turns out not to be true. Yeah. Um, I thought I had to sit in front of my in, in front of my computer all day long. That's the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Not really true. Now, in my heart of hearts, and we were talking about this early, I am a boom bust guy, and I've I've had to come to terms with that. That I have these explosions of creativity, mm-hmm. and what I wouldn't do in the past is take my foot off the gas mm. when my feelings told me so. And feelings are different than emotions, right? Emotions yeah. they just happen. But if you got a feeling like you're starting to burn out or you're a little fatigued or you're starting to not like your business or not like your clients, you got to pay attention to that. Yeah. And you got to do the paradoxical thing, which is don't do more, don't do less, right? Yeah. I was at the the beach trip I was telling you about. I got more sales calls while I was at the beach not working uh-huh. than I had gotten in any week of my entire business. I booked like 13 <laughs> sales calls from the beach and that's the universe saying, "Will you please chill out?" Yeah, <laughs> everything is working just fine. You don't have to grind, and so I sit on the porch a lot. Um, I try to work from about seven in the morning to noon every day, and that's it. Yeah, I put a week of vacation in every month this year, so I have twelve weeks off, and that was hard to do. Yeah, and hard to tell my clients, "Hey, y'all, I'm not coaching during these weeks." They shrugged and said, "Of course you're not." For me, I, th- you know, I thought, oh gosh, my clients are going to be upset. They were like, no, 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 that's what I want too. Teach yeah. me how I can do that. <laughs> so it requires uncomfortable decisions, uncomfortable actions that know are of service. And if you follow your feelings, it'll tell you when you need breaks. Right, yeah. I, I think well, yeah, one of the big things for me is going back to the thing that you said of the person who has like the website, has, like, has all these things that are there, but they're not getting any clients. I think... I have to get my mindset out of that framework as well of like, all right, like I've done the work, quote unquote, the work, yeah. but then you know, there's, granted, I you know, haven't had a business as long as probably that person, but, you know, but then I'm starting to realize it's, it doesn't really matter about any of that. It, yeah. it really just matters about these one-to-one connections, yes. like talking to Lauren, talking to Danielle, and then, yeah. all right, they know 10 other, 1,500 right. other people. Yeah. Let's talk to a few of them. They know their network, right? So it's just really about connecting like on a one-on-one level. Yes. And I think, you know, that's where the sales will happen naturally, right? There's no there's no question. It's sort of the secret of I think starting any business that it until it starts to scale and marketing kicks in or whatever, it's one human being at a time. And that makes it really achievable. Now the hard part is if you're like me, introverted, a little bit of social anxiety, that might not be the thing you want to do. Right. But then the cool part is when you see it bearing fruit mm. months later. So I decided I wanted to bring in guest speakers to talk to my clients. It, mm. The flash of that intuitive flash oh, of inspiration, yeah. which continues to That's be a, a theme idea. of this conversation. I was like, they're only hearing me. I need to bring in some guests. And I had a list of 15 people in five minutes. And I had eight people say yes 10 minutes later. Wow. And it was because... I had cultivated those relationships for two years and it was call Lauren, call Lydia, you know, call so-and-so, call so-and-so. Yeah. And they were like, yes, 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 yes. Right? <laughs> like, how do you tell someone that 
human connection will pay off in magical ways you can't anticipate. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Just keep doing it and then let go and see what kind of cool stuff pops up. I took I took two brave steps. I reconnected with a group of high school friends that I hadn't been connected with in a long time and I went back onto Facebook, which I'm not a fan of, but I've decided to invest some more time in developing my business there. Sure. And neither of those things was going to be comfortable for me. I, I there had some there was some water under the bridge with that group of friends that I needed to heal, yeah. which was a brave thing. Yeah. And being on Facebook meant uh, I was going to hear from a whole bunch of people that I didn't necessarily want to hear from from my old life, whatever. Right. And I did those two things, and an absolutely tremendous opportunity popped up from someone I hadn't spoken with in 25 years. And it could be it could be the opportunity that lets me build that damn farm. Yeah. <laughs> right. And if I hadn't been showing up on LinkedIn, if I hadn't stretched myself, if I hadn't, if I hadn't, if I hadn't, mm. Steve Jobs said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only look back and go, oh, I did those brave things over and over and over and over and over. And this person appeared and holy cow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that, that is. And I think just like the, the other thing with like the dots connections though is I think we look at it from a linear mindset. Yeah. I was like, all right, this happens. Or even from a business mindset, it's right. like, oh, like we did these actions and then yeah. these results happen. It's like, yes, and. Right, right. <laughs> something, yes, we did something, you know, marketing, we talked to customers, we, yeah. you know, had a social media presence. It was all these things that helped yeah. feed into this one thing. And so it's like many dots it's in that matrix, metaphor yeah. Yeah, that yeah. help connect the dots looking backward. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love that you're realizing it's about the conversations, it's about the individuals. It's, you know, I didn't have, I didn't start by creating a course. I didn't start with a group product. I found the first human being who needed transformed and I worked with that person yeah. and figured out how to do it. And then I got four, five, and six, right? And yeah. some people start with the course. They want to stay in the lab. They want to build something and then take the product out and launch it and it falls flat. You haven't connected. You haven't really figured out why you were put on earth and what service you want to provide today. And you yeah. do that by talking to people and going, ooh, I can help you with that. The first product I designed for my business was leadership training for people in technology. And I okay. sold it once and I never sold it again <laughs> because I realized that wasn't what the human who bought it needed. Mm. Actually needed life coaching and career coaching. Yeah. And it worked and their life changed. And I thought, okay, I don't know, I'm not doing leadership teaching anymore. That's yeah. not my thing. I'm going to do really transformational coaching. I wouldn't have known that if I had tried to build some big course or some big website or some big funnel if I hadn't talked to that person. Right, yeah, I think it's just in the end, you know, whether you know, it's like creating this, you know, the coaching business or for me, it's like building these systems, right? I think yeah. there's a dehumanization mm. connotation with systems, Yeah. right? It's like it's, auto it's automation. But they're actually incredibly human. Yeah, exactly. It, it <laughs> helps humans become more of themselves. It yes. frees up what we're trying to, like what we need to do, quote unquote, yeah. delegates it, automates it, etc. Right. So it so we can realize more of our potential. So that's, yes. so I'm in the potential realization game, you know, yeah. just as much as. I love it. I hired, um, well, Danielle Jefferson. We yeah. get back to Danielle. <laughs> she was my fractional COO for a period of a few months and dragged me kicking and screaming into not just winging it. But boy, now that I'm not winging my onboarding and this, that, and the other, I feel 20 pounds lighter. 
and that energy and time can be used for creativity and for and now I'm thinking about hiring a person and that's so that I can stay in my zone of excellence my zone mm. of genius actually and yeah do the things that are most impactful that I enjoy and get the other things done through systems processes other humans who enjoy doing things I don't do yeah that's that's a cool way to scale hundred percent I love that I guess as we wrap up here any last thoughts um, questions comments or anything that you wanted to share or how people can connect with you yeah so no website yet there's a website in staging that just hasn't happened I haven't I don't know I haven't been inspired to, yeah. to finish it up so I'm on LinkedIn Keith Allen Johns look me up DM me if you like um, I recently codified and systematized mm. my product it's called the solopreneur launchpad my first trademark very exciting oh, exciting and so people who are in corporate and have that same funny feeling I did that maybe they're cut out for a different kind of life, reach out to me. I'd love to tell you about what it's like to work with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Keith. Amazing time up here in Additions. First time here. I might have to cop a book um, on, on my way out. Saw nice. some classics out at the front, so yeah, cool. I might grab one of those. So thank you for introducing me um, to this, you know, for, into Kannapolis here. Yeah. I'll have to come back. Um, and amazing conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for being on. Thank you. Yep. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Size Size Podcast and the Casually Profound series. And I'll see you next time.